With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has room. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it! Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome in to the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by Drift Car Sharing. Uh, I'm your host, Henry Chisholm. Before we start talking about the Buffs, I want to tell you a little bit more about Drift Car Sharing. Uh, you've probably heard me say all of this before, but it, it really is an awesome service that can save you a bunch of money when you're traveling, whether you, you want to rent your car out through them, uh, let them give you money to park your car instead of you paying to park your car at the airport, or if you're trying to rent a car when you are wherever you're traveling to, uh, you you can do it cheaper through them, especially if you're under 25. There's no under 25 fee. Usually that's like an extra $25 a day that people my age have to pay to rent a car. Uh, So it's a a good deal. It's a good deal. You should check them out. Uh, Drivedrift.com will have all the information you need. Okay, um, this isn't the buffs, but in case you hadn't heard, uh, UCLA beat Stanford 34-16 to last night, uh, Thursday night game. I didn't catch much of it because I was at the Broncos game. Uh, boy, was that terrible. It, like, seriously, yikes. It, it was painful to watch that football game and uh honestly made me think of that Oregon Colorado game I I saw some similarities there um mostly in how it made my heart feel but this uh this UCLA Stanford game was kind of similar to those two the 34-16 scoreline you know I mean that's a pretty wide margin that's 18 points but it's not quite as big as these couple of games that I'm comparing it to Stanford's offense, though, just just did nothing. Did nothing at all. And, you know, in the first half, they kicked one field goal. They did not put up 100 yards of total offense. And sure, Stanford's playing without K.J. Costello and actually without uh, Davis Mills, their backup quarterback. Uh, I don't think we've heard still how much longer K.J. Costello's going to be out. I tried to figure it out, but you know how college injuries go. 
Um, it's a it's a thumb issue. Who knows when he's going to be back? There were questions whether he'd be back this week. The answer was obviously no. And it wasn't like, a, yeah, maybe we'll we'll see what happens on game day. David Chow is pretty clear that he wasn't playing this week. So the, the reason I bring this up is that UCLA and Stanford are two teams that Colorado is going to have to beat uh, if they want to make a bowl game. Um, those are probably the two easiest games remaining on the schedule, I would say. Uh, Stanford, you know, once once they get their starting quarterback back, which they might by, I think it's November 8th that Colorado plays uh, Stanford. So it's a, a few weeks away still. He has some time to recover. And obviously that will totally, totally change their offense. But it, it, they don't look good in other positions either. You know, the offensive line is just getting torched. It's... It's, it's honestly kind of hard to watch. It, it, having seen some bad football recently, you know, the Broncos this season, uh, the Buffs at a couple of points, it, it, it's one of those things where you're watching it just like, how how do you let this happen? And that really is a... Uh, it, it's good news for Colorado. It's good news that the, the two games, so obviously they're, they're three and three. They have to win three games in the last six to, to gain bowl eligibility. Seeing these two teams, you know, UCLA, one of the worst teams in the Pac-12, but here they are beating Stanford. They beat Washington State in a weird game, and they have some decent wins. I I don't think that it's unreasonable to say that Stanford is going to be the, the easier opponent to beat for Colorado when you're looking forward, even though, I mean, I mean Stanford is in, in coming to Boulder to play that game. Whereas Colorado is going out to the Rose Bowl to play UCLA, uh, not that that's like a huge advantage, um, but it, here we are. I mean, Colorado is better than both of these football teams. They just have to go out there and prove it. So, so those are wins four and five, and that means they need to find a sixth somewhere. And the next best place to find that sixth win is against Washington State tomorrow on Saturday. Uh, This is the last time I'll be talking to you guys before the game. I'll have a post-game pod up sometime Saturday night, maybe Sunday, depending on how work things go, Um, whether we're focused on writing stuff at that point or whether we want to get the podcast out first. I don't know. Point is, that's when you're going to hear from me again after the game. So this is our last chance to talk about Washington State And I feel like we need to start this by kind of setting the stage. This is a big, big football game. Um, If if Colorado loses this game, it's it's not the end of the season. They still probably just have to beat UCLA and they have to beat Stanford. Um, But then they'd probably have to beat USC too because the other games are against Washington and against Utah. Those are not nearly as, uh, I hate the word winnable, but they aren't nearly as winnable as these these other games are. You know, the path to a bowl game is pretty clear at this point, and it starts with Washington State this weekend. And for Washington State, this is huge for them as well. Uh, again, also 3-3. Three and three. Uh, Also looking 
pretty tough to find some wins for them as you go down this stretch. I mean, obviously, Colorado's a game they could win. Then they play at Oregon. We know how tough that is. Then they go at Cal. Then they host Stanford. They host Oregon State. And then they finish the season at Washington. So, so they're looking at this game the same way that we are. Um, actually, very, very similarly to how we are. Because, I mean, you can beat Stanford. You can definitely beat Oregon State. Uh, because Oregon State and UCLA have kind of been these two teams that I've had at the bottom of the Pac-12 all season. Now Stanford might take... Uh, yeah, I think Stanford has to take one of their spots. Maybe it's just the three of them down there. I'm not really sure. Um, but Oregon State, who they play the next week, isn't quite as bad. They, they've won a couple of games this year. They, they don't look like they're just incompetent like they have been in the past. Um, but again, they're looking at those two like they're Stanford and UCLA that the Buffs have. So so they really do probably need to beat Colorado. Uh, maybe they win Cal, and that's kind of the the equivalent to Colorado's USC game. So it is actually kind of shocking to see how similar these two um these two football teams are looking at this game. It's it's kind of do or die. Uh which which means it's going to be pretty intense and that makes for good football. Um I do want to talk a little bit before we move along about what is going on in the rest of the Pac-12 this weekend. I think we're getting to the point in the season where, you know, we kind of do want to start scoreboard watching. You get to that point in baseball season where all of a sudden you're sitting up at Coors Field and half the time you're watching the game and half the time you're looking at the auxiliary scoreboard out in right field uh, trying to see what's going on around the league. I mean, not this year because everything turned. And I think now that we've passed the midway point of the season – it's it's good to it's good to see all of that kind of stuff, um, because like I've said before, the Pac-12 South is is not decided, and and it isn't even decided that the Buffs can't win it. Um, I I think a good goal at this point, a, a reasonable goal that is also good. Obviously, they're going to say we want to win every game, we want to win out, we want to win the Pac-12 title. Yeah, that's all great. But if we're being reasonable, I think making that Utah game uh, at the end of the season worth something would be a great goal. Um, right now, the Buffs are a game behind Utah, but obviously they'd have the tiebreaker if they beat Utah. And it's just about winning, you know, whatever, three of the four games, or no, I guess there'd be five, like four of the five before which would be really tough. But there's a good chance that if they do that, Utah's going to drop a game or two somewhere, and that game will mean something, even if it is quite a long shot that Colorado actually wins. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think that a few a few weeks ago, we may have seen this differently. I think that there was real hype about the Pac-12 South, and I think that at the time, it, it was very much attainable. At this point, it's it's starting to look like more of a stretch, even though you definitely can see that path. Okay, but uh, here's what's going on this week in the Pac-12. You know two of, two of them already. Obviously, Colorado plays Washington State in Pullman tomorrow, and obviously... Uh, 
Stanford fell apart in that game against UCLA uh, last night. Uh, There are four other games, I think, that are going on. Yeah, it looks like four. So Oregon State plays Cal. Could be a sneaky good game. Uh, I I do think that Cal is a much better football team, and that's where you're going to put your money on. Uh, But Oregon State has looked like it's trending in the right direction, finally. Um, Then you have a couple of really great matchups. You have Oregon going to Washington, 12th ranked Oregon playing at 25th ranked Washington, Uh, a great rivalry, and you know, it sets up really well, having the better team on the road, uh, yeah, that's going to be a fun one to watch, but again, both those two games are in the north, so they don't impact Colorado all that much, but Arizona State, Utah. This is one that the Buffs need Arizona State to win if you're talking about contending for Pac-12 title. This is one of the places where Utah could see a loss. Uh, Utah's at home. They're ranked 13th. Arizona State is on the road, obviously, ranked 17th. You know, that would be pretty big. That would even out those standings just a little bit. Um, Definitely worth watching. That's at 4 o'clock. And then the Colorado game is at 5 o'clock playing at Washington State. Then at 7.30, uh, Arizona plays at USC in another game that is pretty big. Both USC and Arizona are 2-1, and one, um, which puts them a, a game ahead of the Buffs, who are 1-2 and two in conference. So, I mean, it, it is kind of a toss-up who you cheer for. I think that USC is the better football team. They're probably going to win more games down the stretch. I'd probably like to see Arizona pull this one out because I'm confident that they will lose a couple games. But I, I think that that's where you're you're looking for wins and losses. I think, you know, the North, it doesn't really matter. But if Arizona State and Arizona could win, that would be pretty big for the Buffs. Um, again, you could say you want USC because the path to a Pac-12 South title, you'd still be able to beat USC or you'd have to beat USC most likely which means you would have that tiebreaker and they don't against Arizona having lost two weeks ago now. I still would rather see Arizona win because I don't think that if the Buffs actually win enough games, if they do win four of their next five, Arizona's going to drop a couple in there. Okay, Uh, that's the Pac-12. That's what's going on. That's what we're looking for. And in just a minute, I will be explaining... The Washington State defense, if you hadn't had a chance to listen to the podcast about their offense, the air raid, um, I got a little fanboyish about that air raid offense, kind of like I did triple option week, but there was some good stuff. I'd go back and listen to yesterday's, hear what they're trying to do on offense, and uh, yeah, we're going to do about the same thing with their defense, except I don't have nearly as many nice things to say about this Washington State defense. First, I have to tell you, though, about Breckenridge Brewery. Uh, we had a blast yesterday at the Broncos. Well, we had a blast before the Broncos game. We, we No, the Broncos game was fun, just really disappointing. I tried not to watch because it just hurt my heart. It hurt my head trying to figure out what they were even thinking out there. <sighs> Frustrating game. But before the game, when we had cases upon cases of... What, what did I even have? I had the Strawberry Sky... I had an avalanche. I had um, 
at some point, I think there was like Bud Light mixed in there, which I was like, eh, how did this happen? But then also the United and Orange, so many good beers that you guys should be checking out. And if you want to check them out, but you don't know where to get them, go to the beer locator on their website. Tell them what kind of beer that you want. Um, heard a lot of good things from people who were trying the vanilla porter for the first time yesterday. That's another one that's a, a, a big favorite around DNVR too. Um, they're all so good though. Colorado Core, all very good beers. Um, check them out. Put in your zip code and it'll give you a bunch of options where you can buy all their different beers. And you'll be really happy that you did. Uh, I also want to tell you about uh, Total Beverage. Uh, in case you hadn't heard, Total Beverage is running an awesome deal just for DNVR listeners, members, um, people like me who work there, I guess employees is that word. Um, so use, use this discount code DNVR2019 and they will give you 30% off your, your purchase of $25 or more. It's an incredible deal. That is so much cheap alcohol that that it's it's really tough to find something like this and we're lucky that they're giving us this code so take advantage of it uh, download their app you can order all through the app if you order ahead of time they'll set your uh whatever you ordered to the side so you can just go in and pick it up if you want them to bring it to you they'll give you a two-hour window when they'll bring it to you um they, they deliver pretty much everywhere um uh, Lakewood to Boulder, Aurora to Brighton. And they already had like really great prices before this discount code too. So definitely check them out. If you're looking for Breckenridge beers, they have all sorts of different Breckenridge beers. Um, it's kind of like being a candy store, to be honest. So definitely use that code DNVR2019, get 30% off your purchase of $25 or more. And you'll be pretty happy that you did. Okay, uh, this Washington State defense... So, I know you guys are pretty fed up about the uh, explosive plays that Colorado has given up, which is obviously very fair because it's been way too many. If you're a Washington State fan, though, uh, you'd probably be even more upset at this point. Uh, we, we talked about how good that offense is, how explosive that offense is. You know, top 10 in the country in a bunch of offensive stats. You know, last week... Uh, Anthony Gordon, their quarterback, threw for, uh, what was it? I think he completed 44 of 64 passes for like uh, 466 yards. 44 of 64, 466 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. That's an incredible stat line. Uh, but, you know, they lost because the defense was giving up more than that. It's... It's got to be frustrating. Uh, the the explosive plays they've given up thirty in the last three games. So ten a game. That's 10 20 plus yard plays they have given up in three or in three games. Yeah, ten per game. You know, it's it's just kind of absurd. Like that means like first quarter you're giving up two, two 20 plus yard gains. Second quarter you're giving up three. Third quarter, you're giving up two more. Fourth quarter, you're giving up three more. Imagine what that would look like over the course of three games doing that stuff. Um, it's good news for Colorado. I mean, this this defense 
obviously the passing game is where a lot of those come, but at the same time, their run defense is also very poor. And and that's where I think that Colorado really will try to attack this defense. You know, it's actually just been kind of crazy to read through all of the all of the media from Pullman this week, just so I know what's going on, obviously, so I can tell you all about it. But it's it's almost like looking in a mirror. It, it's kind of like reading about the buffs without the fact that it's Colorado and it's Mel Tucker and it's like all these people who I know, you know, people who I pull for, you guys are fans of. And sometimes when you're so close to something, like we all are in our own ways with Colorado, you don't have a very, like a, like a totally balanced perspective. You don't see things clearly. Um, reading what they're saying about Washington State is is basically like reading about Colorado, but having absolutely zero bias go going into it at all. And so you get to see them say, you know, m- maybe the defense did take a step forward this week. You know, m- maybe the defense is in better shape. Um, that that first quarter, they looked really good. They looked really good in the first quarter. It's one of the f- best quarters, probably the best quarter they've had all season. And you know the rest of the game, obviously, like giving up explosive plays, but there was there was a, an improvement there, and now we'll see if they can build on that. And that's so similar to what we've heard from Colorado, um, or not even from Colorado, I guess a little bit, but but more from the fans. When we hear, you know, there's there's something that they could build on. Uh, they might be close, and and that's something that I've definitely subscribed to. And and all the players on the Buffs defense have said the same thing when I've asked them. They said, you know, it's going to take some time to get all this figured out. Uh, we're working on it. We think we're improving. You can see in a couple of different stats that things are going better, just like limiting those big plays, and all of a sudden we'll be fine. And that's the same thing they're saying in Washington State. Uh, you know, finding these little improvements where it looks like they played better, but at the same time, like, they did – give up like a, a, a few less points than they had the week before, but they're playing a worse offense. Uh, they still gave up more yards. It, it's like looking in a mirror. And so if you want to know about this uh, Washington State defense, it's basically Colorado's defense, except, you know, I, I, I think Colorado might have an edge in the running game. Although against Oregon, notably one of the best offensive lines in the country, they gave up some pretty big running plays. As as weak as this uh, Washington State defense is in the passing game, and and you know they 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 really aren't great at that. Uh, so so I mean just like looking through the stats, they've picked off three passes all year. They've broken up twelve passes all year, and that's that's a, a break or a, an interception every other game. A pass breakup, uh, tw- twice a game. <sighs> yeah, I mean, twelve sacks. They don't get much of a pre- pass rush. I think their their sack leader has three, um, and I don't think anybody else has more than one. Uh, it's just kind of random when they actually can get pressure and bring a quarterback down. I mean, twelve sacks on the season. Again, that's two sacks per game. Maybe, maybe not terrible but i mean the buffs as bad as their pass rush has been they still have 10 sacks 
Like, they're getting about as many sacks as uh, Washington State is. And when you look at the passing numbers, so, so like, Washington State's opponents have attempted 186 passes this year. Colorado's opponents have attempted 200. And so there's... There is a little difference there, but but when you look at these, it's it's pretty normal. Also worth noting, you know, Washington State, uh, Anthony Gordon, he he's only been sacked six times this season, six, and he has thrown. Uh, well, actually, we should go with team attempts because I think somebody else had a few at some point. They pulled him, but uh, yeah, the team has three hundred and fifteen pass attempts compared to like one eighty six, two hundred for for reference for Washington State's opponents and Colorado's opponents, six times he has been sacked. That's how quickly that offense gets the ball out. It's just so fast. Um, Also, he's only thrown six interceptions, which, again, doesn't sound great. Having played six games, that's throwing an interception every game. But then when you remember that they're throwing the ball, I think on average like 50, 55 times a game uh, so far this season when you go back through the numbers – Pretty pretty good. Pretty efficient. Uh, can't complain too much about that. I think that really the big takeaway here is that the Washington State defense is basically the Colorado defense, except that the Colorado defense has been able to pull turnovers. And actually, you know, they've uh, they've recovered seven fumbles. The, uh, the Cougars defense has. And so they have, like, gotten some turnovers, but those are more more often fluky turnovers it's interceptions are, are more likely to be earned than fumbles uh you still might get lucky on an interception and get one or you still might like like Mikhail Onu puts his helmet on the ball and knocks the ball out but but there's a lot more chance involved in the fumbles so it's not something that you rely on the way that you can rely on a defense that forces interceptions okay um I think that that should probably cover it. There honestly just isn't too much you need to say. Like it's not a good defense. It's weak up the middle. You can you can run on them if you want, and I think that that's what Colorado is going to try to do. They're going to try to control the tempo of the game because if if they're able to run the ball effectively, not turn it over, not give extra possessions to an offense that's tough to stop, then they're going to be in good shape. If they can just run it down the field and score, they're going to keep up. And then and then that's where on the other side, if you can force a turnover or two, all of a sudden, in a in a game that ideally for Colorado has as few possessions as possible, you're getting these stops, drive-ending turnovers that are more valuable. Because if if each team has 15 or let's go 20 possessions in a game which is a lot uh then getting two interceptions that's like ending 10 percent of their drives if if it's only 10 possessions then that's 20 percent and so this becomes so much more valuable and i i think that that will be kind of colorado's theory that if you can limit the number of drives and then pull a couple of turnovers somehow uh you're you're going to be in good shape. It just is about getting that running game going, which I feel good about. I, I I really do. I think that this offensive line is going to keep improving throughout the season. I think that they have the talent 
there to do, I mean, to, to match up with pretty much every defensive line in the conference. Oregon's, maybe not. That's tough. Even Utah at the end of the year, who, I mean, their defensive line is kind of disappointed so far this season, but it is still very good and will be a test. But for a lot of these teams, you know, going up against Washington State, UCLA, uh, even Stanford, even Stanford with that offense or the defensive line that hasn't quite lived up to the hype uh, that, that a Stanford D line typically has. I mean, those three games that we keep looking at and saying those need to be wins, those should be games where the Buffs actually have a shot to win in the trenches, which is a pretty great advantage. And it just means building building on top of the progress they've created so far this season. And I think that they're going to do that. I think they have the coaching. I think they have the talent. And I think they have the backs who can take advantage of it. Alex Fontenot's look good. We didn't see as much of Jaron Mangum as I would have expected. Uh, I actually don't know why. I don't know that Mel has been asked about that either. No, I don't think so. I don't think we know why. We should probably figure that out. Um... But yeah, and then Dion Smith, who's a guy who I have repeatedly said that I'm pretty high on. He's a guy who I'd like to see get more touches. Uh, he has some burst. He can be a home run hitter. And those are fun guys to have, especially against a defense like Washington State that, you know, they struggle stopping the big plays. So maybe you throw an extra big play guy out there and Dion Smith a little more often. I wonder if that's part of Mel's thinking for playing Dion uh, more than Jaron Mangum against Oregon. Uh, for the first time this season, Dion was the second running back in in front of Jaron Mangum after Alex Fontenot, and he got more touches. And I, I think that he, uh, I, I think I think he definitely played well. There were a couple plays where he didn't gain much, but it just felt like that offensive line was overpowered by a bigger, stronger defensive line, and there wasn't much he could do. I mean, he got away from... There's one play in particular I'm thinking of where he lost a couple yards, but he got away from uh, the the tackle behind the last scrimmage, bounced it outside, and there were just too many guys for him to evade. I think that that might have been just a little bit of a warm-up for him before he does play his Oregon State defense that has a tendency to to give up some big plays. You know, Dion, even with a couple of losses in there, I believe, at least one, um, in seven attempts, Dion ran for 41 yards. That's 5.9 yards per carry against one of the best defenses in the country. Uh, Alex Fontenot had 15 for 71. That's 4.7 yards per carry. Jaron Magum actually had 10 for 42. He got more reps late, I guess. We did get more touches. Uh, for 4.2 yards a carry. I think I think this could be a big week for Deion Smith. Uh, I'm a I'm I'm in on that hype train right now. I could be wrong. I've been wrong before, but that's that's where I'm at right now. Okay. Uh, probably enough talk. Also, this could be a big Lavisca game. Just want to throw that out there. I don't really like Oregon State's cornerbacks. Probably not a surprise, and we'll see. We'll see if this is one where he kind of takes over like we know he's capable. All right. Uh, I think that now we should talk about Strava Craft Coffee. Um, if, if you've been listening to this pod or any of the other DNVR pods, 
frequently, then you know about Strava Craft Coffee. You know that CBD-infused coffee that has changed lives. Uh, if you read their reviews, they're seriously incredible. I mean, people saying that they fixed all sorts of problems from, you know, headaches to depression, like all sorts of different things um, that, you know, it, that, that people deal with and a lot of the time they don't think to try CBD. So if, if you want to check it out, uh, you should go to their website and they will hook you up if you use the code BSN2019. You can get 20% off at checkout. They'll ship it right to you, so you don't even have to go to the store. I mean, CBD is all natural, uh, obviously, and it's not psychoactive. It's not going to get you high. So check it out. It, it really is great. It tastes great, too, and I know that that's a big thing for uh, picking what you're going to drink. Um, it, it, it checks every box. Might as well try it. See if it does something for you. And if you have something you've been working on, whether it's you know, anxiety, whether you get migraines, whether it's just back pain, IBS, uh, it's, it's, it's an option. Okay. Um, we did get a comment. Actually, this, this comment was from two days ago, but it must've been posted before I posted the podcast yesterday. And so it's like in that in between where I didn't get it on the show. Yeah, okay, you get it. Uh, the point is, Silver Buff said, my strategy for Washington State, run the ball. Their D isn't good, and it keeps the ball out of Leach's air raid hands. Totally agree. Totally agree. Uh, we talked a lot about that. I I just would love to see all these running backs get 10, 15 touches apiece. Somewhere in that range, you know. If it's Fontenot with 15, uh, Mangum and Deion Smith each with 10, I think that's a pretty good number. I think that 35 carry range means you're in a good spot. Uh, it kind, I guess that kind of depends on who does control the pace of play. You know, Washington State, again, it's it's a basketball offense. They're just flying up the field as fast as they can, getting to the line of scrimmage fast, just distributing distributing it to whoever is open, picking up their seven, eight, nine, twelve yards and getting back up there and doing it again over and over and over. And they just want to make this a high sample size game, high volume game where they believe that that offense and that system is just so good that it, it will win out or at least it's, it should win out if you take the variability out of the game, the smaller the sample size, the more the variability and you know, that's that's where when you can pull one or two interceptions in a 10-possession game, that's huge. If if you give up a bunch of drives and still pull those one or two interceptions, it's 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 still big, but it's not the same way. And so and so that's why they want to keep that uh offense moving because they think that they do have the advantage. The the fluke plays, these low percentage plays. You never know. I mean, it could be that if, if they only have 10 possessions, they don't get one because they have fewer opportunities. It would obviously make sense, but at the same time, all these are just little chances and the Buffs just want to just want to get their like lottery ticket, let it be a winner. Uh let it beat the odds. Um so yeah, and that's that's 
what we've spoken a lot about, but uh, that's why they're probably going to run the ball a lot. I don't think that trying to match up these passing offenses is the way that you want to go just because, you know, that air raid scheme, it works, and we know it works, and that's why he's throwing for however many yards per game. They're leading the country in passing yards per game. Uh, He's thrown 25 touchdowns, Anthony Gordon has. He's only thrown six interceptions. They're they're really efficient passing the ball. They get down the field. Like you don't want to go toe to toe with that with them doing the same thing when uh, it's weird to say with LaVisca Chenault and Katie Nixon and Tony Brown, whose name you could honestly say before those other two right now if you wanted to. Uh Dimitri Stanley, like you, you would think that you want to be throwing the ball, but again, there's just a little more risk there when you're going strength on strength and their strength is a little bit stronger. Meanwhile, you can take advantage of this bad run defense and not really risk interceptions or turnovers. And that's the nice thing about running the football is that it should be a lot safer, Um, less room for these fluky things that can just trash your chances. Uh, So yeah, those are some takes for you. Uh, He also said, Also, don't forget, basketball has an exhibition next Saturday, October 26th. Get your blacked out self over there, Uh, which uh, must be a blackout. Um, Yeah, do it. Uh, October 26th, I believe I'll be there. I'm trying to think ahead in the buff schedule. It's probably not worth figuring all of that out right now. But yeah, I, 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 of course, will plan on being there if there's no buffs football responsibilities. I think I'm actually going to try to get out to the soccer game on Saturday at 1 o'clock. Uh, Buffs play Arizona State. They've struggled the last couple weeks, could really use a win. And we'll see if it comes tomorrow because, I mean, that'd be huge. That'd be huge. They're uh, they're not quite in the same position they were a few weeks ago when they'd just been winning everything. Now they got to battle a little bit to make sure they make it into the tournament. There are some good Pac-12 teams and... Uh, it's it's tough. It's it's tough to climb the ranks in that group. But again, their defense is just so good. They can stop anybody. Taylor Corniak can score on anybody. So there you go. Like that's their path. Just play good defense. Have Taylor put in a goal or two, an assist or two. I mean, let her run the office offense and hope she makes a play. And that's something that can carry over into the tournament as well. So even if they don't go in as a incredibly high seed like we thought they might a few weeks ago once you're in anything can happen and with the competition they've faced uh they're gonna be ready they they know what it's like and i don't know i'm I'm still pretty pumped about what that team can do in the postseason and now the regular season just a little bit more intriguing because they did uh struggle here for a couple weeks losing to some very good soccer teams and keeping it close and i think that's probably the most frustrating part is that you look at ucla you look at usc and say those are games that colorado probably isn't going to win just because those teams are so good but they almost did they almost did uh at least at least uh i think was it usc i think it was usc yeah they lost 2-1 and they looked they look good. Okay. There's some soccer talk. Definitely get to the basketball. Uh, I'll be at Blake Street Tavern after the soccer game to watch the Buffs football game. I'm not sure who all is going to be there. We usually have some of the DNVR crew, 
sometimes a lot, sometimes just a few, but I can tell you that there will be a lot of Buffs fans. Um, there always are. There's always at least a few hundred, and it's going to be a good time. It's going to be a really good time. Uh, you know how much I like Blake Street Tavern, and I'm excited to get out there. I might even have to do the podcast from there after. Maybe like an immediate post-game podcast from Blake Street Tavern is the way to go. Huh. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, it's good to see a few of you out at the Broncos tailgate yesterday. Uh, hopefully we're going to do some more fun stuff like that. I guess we'll have the tailgates for every game. Um, I'm not sure when our next watch party is, but I will pass that along as soon as we hear. I think we try to shoot for at least once a month, so should have the details here for you in the next week or two. Okay, a uh, little bit shorter pod today, but we're going to roll with it stuff to do anyway uh and i'll be back after this football game uh thanks for listening as always um definitely definitely sign up for a membership at the dmvr.com uh because we appreciate when you do you can leave comments and let me talk about what you want me to talk or just share your own thoughts because i i legitimately do like hearing all of your guys's takes okay uh i'll get off now I will talk to you Saturday. I think they like my Colorado sway. Cause when I'm in it play, I don't really, I don't really know just how to act. And when I'm in it go, you know I'm acting bad. Holly get a bus with my Colorado sway. My Colorado sway, my Colorado sway. I think they like, I think they like my Colorado sway. My Colorado sway, my Colorado sway. Might not swear, I think they like my Colorado sway. See you later, baby. baby. Colorado Army with soldiers like the Navy. Yeah. And voters where we stationed, patiently awaiting. Oh. When I hit the field, it's so hard to behave. Yeah. I'm Colorado swagging as the crowd do the wave. Look into my eyes, I can tell that you afraid. Uh-huh. Cause you know we finna hit ya. Hit ya. Hit ya. Hit ya. Hey. Hey. You on your own now, why you watching the official? Yeah. You just better hope you make it to the next whistle. Yeah. And we ain't playing with you, you can get I think they like, I think they like my Colorado